two. This is part two of the choices we make today determine our tomorrow. The choices we make today will determine our tomorrow. We're going to be reading from Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15, and then Proverbs chapter 4, verses 23 to 27. Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15, and then Proverbs chapter 4, verses 23 to 27. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, NLT, all right? Let's read, begin with Joshua 24. So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshiped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. Don't miss that. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, my house, we will serve the Lord. Do I have a witness somewhere? Then Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 through 27 says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't miss that. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Again, I want to talk around the thought, the subject. This is part two. The choices we make today determine our tomorrow. Father God, we come once again before your presence in Jesus' name just to say thank you. Lord, we thank you for this another opportunity to preach, to teach, to communicate, to give your word. Think with my mind, Holy Spirit, and speak with my mouth. You know what your people need to hear, how they need to hear it. Convict, convince, and convert. You get glory, praise, and honor to yourself. And we promise ahead of time to give you back all the praise, honor, and glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving always. Amen. For those of you that are always timing and watching the clock, you know it's after 11, so don't say I took too long. Amen. And I'm just starting. Amen. The choices we make today determine our tomorrow. Today is a new day. A chance to start over with a fresh opportunity to make right some of the things we've done wrong. Are y'all with me? We can make decisions and de choices and decisions today that can affect your children, your grandchildren. Choices that we make today that affect and impact the lives of 
other people, loved ones that you and I hold dear. And understand, uh, I'm asking a question this morning. What decision will you make today? I'm asking somebody. I seem unctioned by the, the Spirit of God to ask you personally. What decisions will you make today to give yourself, your children and grandchildren, or other people that you love the best chance to face a positive future tomorrow? I'm just asking. Just asking. Understand Proverbs chapter 4, 23 says, with that being said, we got to guard your hearts. It says, guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. It's kind of, think about it. The decisions we make, the choices we make, will determine our tomorrow. And then God says, you got to guard your heart. You think there's some connection yeah. between your heart and what you say out your mouth? Yeah. We're going to do that on Bible study. Yeah. Y'all got to tune in. Yeah. But understand, guard your heart. Guarding your heart is not just referring to relationships, although it's very important. Yeah. Guarding your heart is also referring to what you are allowing in your heart. That's right, that's right. A lot of people say, I couldn't help myself. All right. You're taking too much trash in. Yeah, yeah. Y'all ain't yeah, paying me yeah. no attention. We try to say, I couldn't help myself. Well, you could have helped yourself way back then when you were feeding yourself junk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all missed it. We want to ask, Lord, I couldn't help. No, no. I told you way back then to stop eating that spiritual junk food. That's right. That's right. Y'all mad with me? All right. See, your, your heart is the source of your thoughts, your attitudes, your beliefs, and your actions. Therefore, it's crucial that you guard your heart above everything else. Am I right about it? Understand the condition of your heart will determine, listen, which gate or which direction to take. Matthew chapter 7, 13 and 14 says, Enter by the narrow gate. I'm reading the Bible. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are, uh, there are many, that's what God says, not a few. Most people are going through the wide gate. Verse 14 of Matthew 7 says, Because narrow, is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. Stop complaining that everybody else is doing it. Thank God that you're not one of the everybody else. You can't go with the crowd because everybody's doing it this way. It must be all right. No, broad is the way for those that are on their way to hell. Broad is the way to those that are disobedient. And God is not pleased with. Thank God for your narrow way. Amen somebody. Understand gates. G-A-T-E-S in the natural sense are something that you enter through. The same thing is true from a spiritual perspective. Every person has gates 
to their spirit, soul, and body. And the word tells us that when we receive Jesus, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Where you see that at? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 says, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I don't know about all this talk about you got to wait to get the Holy Spirit after you uh, uh, sat on the bench for a couple of months and, and all that kind of stuff. No, when you ask and receive Christ, you are immediately are sealed. We got all this other doctrine and I ain't going to get into that. No, 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 no. You got to go down in the water before you receive the Holy Spirit. That ain't what I read in my Bible. I got to go to Suppose I don't get in the water. You mean to tell me ain't no Holy Ghost in me? No, no, no. When you accept Christ, for real, for real, for real, the Bible says you're sealed. When you do it, anybody in here accepted Christ whenever you did? Nothing? Oh my God, I'm scared. You were sealed. And with that being said, uh, understood or, or heard or realized, our hearts are susceptible to sinful thoughts, attitudes, and beliefs. I know and believe that I was sealed by the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit when I gave my life to Christ, all those 35, 40 years now. But I still mess up. I still don't think the right way all the time. Y'all, I wish I had some people stop phony. I want some real people. I know that I'm saved, but I still have my thoughts. I still have my flaws. I still have an attitude sometimes. Don't ask my wife, look at me. Oh, look, the attitude looked over at her. Look at me. I told you. You ain't got to look for her to snitch on me. Yeah, I don't roll like that. I'm telling you, I'm from out there. He said he got false. You do too. Matthew chapter 15, verses 18 and 19 says, but the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, slander. You got saved folk that talk more about people than unsaved folk. Wow. What kind of Holy Ghost is that? God won't deal with you. Sooner or later, he give you time. Somebody said, give you enough rope to hang yourself. Jeremiah 17, verses 9 and 10 says, the human heart is the most deceitful. Y'all looking at me funny. God says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. And desperately, who really knows how bad it is? Verse 10 says, but I, the Lord, 
search all hearts and examine secret motives. God says, I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Just briefly, quickly, I remember looking at a daughter who was trying to convince her father that her new boyfriend was going to be her husband. And he looked all rough and ghetto and was calling the father dude and homie and bro. Dude, you know, all the dog. And the father looked at him and said, I, what you doing? I'm proud. What you doing with this dude? You know, and she said, Dad, I'm a man. My heart tells me he's right. In my heart, I feel you can't go by everything in your heart. I'm not going to dismiss every heart thing, but you got to stop saying because you felt it in your heart that it had to be right because it's not always right because your heart said so. I didn't say you can't ever rely on your heart, but you can never totally rely on your heart if God's word doesn't connect with what your heart says. Y'all didn't hear it. Get up here and lie on me, said I can't. I said, no, you need God's word to confirm what your heart is telling you to do. That, that little scenario, some of y'all might have, the little scenario, the, the father said, son, I'm going to let you live for a while. He said, you disrespecting. No, daddy, this, that, and the other. He, he called his name murder or gangster, some crazy name. And the dad said, okay, murder. All right, murder. Or dangerous. And she said, the daughter, Dad, he's, his name is dangerous, but he's not really dangerous. And the father said, I know. And, and, and the guy looked at the daughter and said, you say that again, I'll smack the... And the father leaned up. I'm going to let you live, son. But you better not do what you just said. Let me move on. The human heart is deceitful. God says, I know your hearts. With that being said, what you choose to feed your mind will affect what is in your heart. And what comes out of your mouth is what you will do or act upon. I might have to go on to part three, Reverend. Everything in life up to this point is a reflection of the choices you and I have made in life. Now, I done made some choices and decisions in my life that I am ashamed of. Yeah. I know I'm all by myself. Y'all made all this. I am ashamed, Crystal, of some of the decisions and choices that I made in my life. I ain't talking about just when I was got grown, even when I was a teenager. When I was young and started my road to alcoholism, I had my road to alcoholism based on I needed to do it because, but nothing was really because or necessary enough for me to start that. That was an excuse. The thing I said I never was going to do what my parents did, I did worse. 
I had some bad choices. Aren't you glad that God doesn't reveal all our stuff? Is anybody? I got some stuff in my past that I don't even want to think about because it's so shameful. Y'all looking at me funny. You ain't it. No, God, look. God can see a black hand on a black rock at midnight. I didn't expose what you did. I'm just letting you know how grateful you and I ought to be that God didn't tell nobody. And for those of us who got a big mouth, don't tell everything. Tell all your business. Little bit of it. And you only got, you got to be choosy about who you tell a little bit of. Everybody can't, everybody can't handle it. I'm talking about the choices we make today determine our tomorrow. But somebody said, I don't understand. How can I know how to make the right choices or decisions? I'm glad you asked. Somebody said, how do I get wisdom or understanding to guide or direct my choices or my decisions? Well, Job chapter 28, verse 28 says, and this is what he says to all humanity. Here we go. The fear of the Lord is true wisdom. To forsake evil is real understanding. You want to know what to do and what not to do, start with the fear of the Lord. We don't have enough people that fear God. That's why you got, why you got people walking up, popping people for no reason. Walking in, you, you notice it's getting worse and worse. People throwing out, man, I would Google, they had a, a woman because they didn't do her hamburger right, tear up the whole McDonald's, throwing everything down over a hamburger, cheeseburger that they had wound up giving her. But her mind, her heart, obviously was corrupted. And she was, don't you know she going to jail and she going to have to pay? She probably, her mama or somebody going to have to pay for her mess. And the people in the store were saying, stop it. This is our job. You destroying all that, they going to put it, lay us off. We need our job. One person. One person in your family acting like a fool. Wow. One person. I'm going to keep it at that. All of us got one at least. One Uncle Joe. I don't want to name the name. Auntie so-and-so to act like crazy. We always got one, one sibling. Yeah. I grew up with six brothers and four sisters. I ain't telling Nisha, I ain't saying nothing. That's my sister there. But we got one. No, we, we, we got family. Let's broaden it. In case she watching. In case he, you don't know he or she. I'm trying to clean up, Crystal. Let me clean it up. That works our nerves. Love, love, love that person to death. And I mean that, Nisha. But, 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 but the person gets they, I don't want to say it is a person, gets on my last, I don't know where that is in the, my last nerve 
Then we got other people just talking to death. They say, I'm going to stay out of that. I'm going to talk to you privately about one of us. Just talk me to death. And I thought about you, Nisi. And I had the phone. Oh, I better not. Now, nah, let's move on. I'm going to have sibling trouble. Sister Mary, I'm in trouble. I'm talking too much. Now forget me on social media. I'm talking, they, they live out of Philadelphia. They live in Alaska, Canada, somewhere. They distant relatives. I don't know if that cleaned it up or not. But it's the fear of the Lord. This is going to be three parts. Y'all going to indulge me one more time after this? Because it's got too much in here. The fear of the Lord means at least three things. Y'all want to get this. The fear of the Lord means at least three things. First of all, it means undivided attention to God. Undivided attention to God. We got too much stuff going on that we allow to take our attention. Yeah, yeah we do. Yeah. TV. Y'all right. looking at me. Come on, all this other stuff that's going on. Junk reading. Distractions. Thank you, Reverend. We all have them. When I start praying, I got distractions. Stuff, y'all, am I right about it? When you get serious and you think, man, now I can stay focused, here's a distraction. So I try to be strategic with my plan and say, well, if I'm in the car on my way to church, I can't be that much distracted because I'm on my way to church. And all of a sudden, I'm watching that car going too fast. This one almost ran me off the road. And distractions make you go into speaking in tongues sometimes. Y'all to get that lady. I don't say that by cut across me. Praise the Lord. Undivided attention to God. Psalms 86 11. It says, Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart. I'm reading it, NIV, that I may fear your name. That's Psalms 86.11 in IV translation. The psalmist says an undivided heart leads to the fear of the Lord. Stay focused. In other words, don't try to balance God amongst other parties. He should be the center of everything in your life. Hello, somebody. He should be the center of your joy. Not the center of your happiness. Because your happiness depends upon what's happening. But the joy of the Lord can be your strength. Because stuff don't have to be happening right around me. But in spite of all the troubles, God on in my life. I still have the joy of the Lord, which is my strength. 
Brother Jimmy, can I use an example? I'm going to close out on these three things here. Brother Jimmy Presley, he don't say much and I shouldn't, but it's all good. Him and I talk, you know. That's, that's one committed brother working. Man. I, it's in the Presley blood. I'm thinking about he around somewhere else doing work. Man, I'm telling you, he don't say nothing. I just told him. I said, man, you're amazing. Then I said, brother Jim, I told him, he down there, down there, he waving his hand at me. I said, you're amazing, man. Well, he said, Pastor, after we talked for a while, I said, man, can you make sure the heat's on? You know, last week it was a little chill. Y'all looking at me funny. I said, can you, what that we don't have heat was that it wasn't, whatever, it takes a certain time depending upon how cold it gets to heat up. So he said, Pastor, I didn't even tell my wife. She hearing it for the very first time. I don't want to put nothing on. That's why people wonder what's the pastor. You don't know what I'm going through. I keep it to myself. Because you can't handle what I'm trying to handle. But he said, Pastor, I turned the switch for the heat. It won't come on. Now, this is what people sick, dying, and family. And I said, man. Uh, he, he tried it again. I, did they cut it off? Ain't no cut off. I'm ready to go down there. The gas company must spend the night at the door. Ain't happening. He said, no, it ain't that. You can't blame everything on the devil. I said, devil, you a liar. See, you a liar. I said, last week, I could get by coming in. I got some amazing memories, y'all. Through thick and thin, y'all be with me. I, 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 I'm appreciative. But I said, God, how much can you take? Come out the cold and in the cold. This morning, I didn't tell my wife. I got up, praying. I prayed and prayed some more. I said, Lord, this is your church. These are your people. You know See how these are your people. It's your church, which it is. I'm just a steward. Say, Lord, you know what we can take and what we can't. Jimmy texted me this morning. I'm still thinking. I said, I don't know. I ain't telling my wife nothing. She liked a lot of heat anyhow. I said, I can't tell her we're on our way to cold. I said, I ain't saying nothing. He texted me. He said, oh, pastor, I'm paraphrasing. By the way, the heat came on. It's just acting crazy. That's all. You know, things act crazy. Switch was on, it came on, but it decided to come on. I said, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm free. Imagine me getting up here today and y'all looking at me funny. Matter of fact, I said, Lord, that's going to be a 10 minute sermon. I'm in and out. 10 minutes. I was going to cut a 10 minute. He wouldn't even never been that fast. I'm flash. Undivided attention to God. Two more we've done for this sermon. Not only what undivided attention, but secondly, the fear of the Lord means being in awe of God. People don't realize how awesome God is. 
The God that takes nothing and makes something out of nothing. The God that can take a nobody like me and make me a somebody. The God that can breathe on my illness. Pick me up. Turn me around. Place my feet on solid ground. Oh, what an awesome God. My enemies came to kill me and my family. But God, he watches over me. He watches over the sparrow. He watches over my sister and my brother. Oh, watches over me and you 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 and everybody out there. We serve an awesome God. Don't know why you should fear the God. Fool! Being in awe of God means to respect Him, to reverence Him, to worship Him. The fear or the being of God means unrivaled, incomparable awe of God. Well, you see that in the Bible. I'm glad that Psalms 47 and 2. I'm almost done. Psalms chapter 47, verse 2, New Living Translation says, For the Lord Most High, here's the word, is awesome. That's what the Bible says. He is the great king of all the earth. That word, awe-inspiring, is the same Hebrew word used for fear. All comes, listen, from seeing how God has worked from Genesis to Revelation. When I think about the goodness of the Lord and all and all and all that it done for me In our lives. Can I give you this one last one? Being in awe of God is a state and experience of wonder that comes from being overwhelmed by how good He is. Overwhelmed. I know y'all deserved it, but I don't deserve. I said some of y'all about mercy and grace. We don't deserve his grace. Loving me. I don't deserve it. Love me 
do anyhow. He gives us what we don't need. Unmerited favor. But then he gives mercy. He holds back what we really should have got. You sitting there talking about you mad with God. God said what? I've given you grace. Undeserved favor. And I'm giving you mercy. I'm holding back. What you should have got. And I just want somebody to say thank you. Any thankful people in here? Anybody thankful over there? Thankful for what God has done. Thankful for what God is doing. Well, let me give you this last one. We're going to come back with part three. But not only fear of the Lord means giving God your undivided attention. Not only fear of the Lord means being in awe of God's awesomeness. I had to keep putting that in there. But thirdly and lastly, the fear of the Lord requires and means total allegiance to God. Ain't no demon or devil in hell gonna take me away from the God that spares me every day. He gives me and you a new set. We already used up the old set. He gives us a new set of mercy every day. When I woke up yesterday, I got a new set. Last week, I got a new set. When I woke up this morning, started on my way, he gave me a new set, a new set, a new set of mercy. There's nothing or no one equal or worthy of such allegiance. When we talk about allegiance, we're talking about loyalty, commitment, faithfulness, or obedience. Don't tell me you're going to be loyal and obedient to the Lord only if you've got money. I don't have none, but I'm going to preach. But do what God called you to. You may not have whatever you've been trying to get. But you need to be loyal to God. Undivided attention and in awe of our awesome God. Obedient is better than sacrifice. Stop talking about the nine things you did and holding out on that one. The one is the one that God wants. You know you got people in need and you keep holding back. That what you have, God gave it to you. You know when people stop making folk beg you. God got to give you a taste of what it is. See, when you don't have, you can appreciate when you do have. Some of us have had for the most part. Amen. So you think you don't need. You can have leanness of soul. And with all your stuff, 
and no peace. Let me close on Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. Deuteronomy 10 and 12 says, And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only, here we go, that you fear the Lord your God and live in a way, don't miss that, that pleases him. Stop trying to please everybody else. Stop trying to please everybody else and be displeasing to God. Y'all missing this. Stop trying to please everybody else, Pastor Pointer, and just please God. What was that? My water? Thank you, Lord. That was a splash and a boom. But I'm going to please God. My allegiance, they say to the flag. And we should be somewhat allegiance. No, really. Because you go somewhere else, it's nowhere like this country. Y'all better <laughs> Years ago, they talked about going back to Africa. Well, I don't think so. I didn't invest it. Ain't nobody giving me nothing. Black history, our people have died. They've suffered. Shed blood for this country. This is our country. We paid the price. We put in the dues. We did what we did. But through it all, through it all, I've learned, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Give God some praise.